Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church located in Katy, Texas. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing that faith with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message. God bless your week. God's grace, his mercy, and his peace are yours, my fellow weary and burdened believers who find rest in Christ's arms. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We have in front of us this morning in Matthew chapter 11 some truly beautiful, assuring, calming words from Jesus. Maybe they are quite familiar to you. Maybe those last few verses are some of the fa- more, your favorite words that Jesus ever spoke. They certainly are for me. And yet, if we jump ahead and isolate these words and only hear them without understanding or knowing the context in which Jesus said them, we miss a lot of really good and important stuff. A pastor named Tim Keller once put it this way, that if we, we jump ahead and only hear verses 28 to 30, it's almost like you go to a fancy five-star restaurant and you're extremely hungry. And you sit down at the table and the waiter comes and asks you what you want and you say, no appetizer, no salad, no entree, just give me the dessert. There's nothing wrong with, with eating dessert. There's probably going to be one of the best desserts you've ever had. But you can't truly be satisfied with only dessert. And if we only hear the words of Jesus in verses 28 to 30, we won't be truly satisfied. We won't truly find rest for our weary souls. And so this morning, as we go through this text, let's see the full, full menu, the full meal that our Savior puts before us. Let's digest all of the words that he speaks to us so that we can truly appreciate that sweet dessert that he gives to us, that invitation to find rest for a weary soul. We begin with verse 25 and 26, and I invite you to to follow along uh, in your bulletin this morning. We'll, We'll start with just verse 25 and 26. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. And so right away here in verse 25 and 26, we already understand why we need to to see the whole picture. Because if you just read verse 25, there's probably some things that are a bit ambiguous that you aren't really sure what Jesus is talking about here. There's really three of them, right? At the beginning of the text, we see at this time. And so that naturally begs the question, well, at what time? What time does Jesus say these things? So there's a question we're going to look to answer. The second question maybe that you have as you read through verse 25 is, what are these things? Jesus says, I thank you, Father, that you have hidden these things from these people. And so then that naturally begs that third question. Who are the wise and the learned and who are the little children, the infants? And why are some things hidden to those and and revealed to others? And so, Let's jump in and, and, and see first, at what time does Jesus say these words? Well, if we look at chapter 11 of Matthew as a whole, we get the answer to that question. 
And we don't have time to go through all of chapter 11 today, but I invite you to do that later on today or maybe this week. And I'll give you a brief summary of it here. In the beginning of the chapter, John the Baptist is in prison and he sends some of his disciples to Jesus to ask Jesus whether or not he is the Messiah, whether or not they should look to him or if they should expect somebody else. And Jesus responds to that by saying, what is it that you see? What is it that you hear about what I am doing? The blind are receiving their sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are healed. The good news of salvation is being proclaimed. Jesus is basically saying, look to the Old Testament prophecies about who the Messiah is going to be and there you're going to find your answer because I'm doing every single one of them. And even though Jesus was fulfilling every single one of those prophecies, people were still rejecting him. They were still doubting him because they, he wasn't the Messiah that they were looking for. They wanted something bigger and better. They wanted a Messiah to, to work on their terms and on their conditions. They wanted one, but only in their ways. And they certainly, many people didn't like the message that this Messiah was proclaiming, a message of repentance, because many of these people didn't think that they needed to repent of any of their sins. They didn't think that they were sinful. And so as the chapter continues in verse 20 to 24, Jesus speaks words of rebuke to those people. Rebuke to those people who don't think that they need a Savior, to those who don't think that they are sinful, to those who don't think that they need repentance. And it is at that time that Jesus says these words. I praise you, Father, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and have instead revealed them to little children and to infants. So that background might answer those next two questions, right? We know when Jesus said these words, what at that time means, but what are those things that have been hidden? Well, it's the things that Jesus has been doing. It's the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. It's the, he's the promised one. He's the one who's going to bring salvation. That has been hidden from the wise and the learned, from those who don't think that they need a Savior, from those who don't want the Messiah to come and preach a message of repentance, from one who thinks from those who think that they are so proud and arrogant that they don't need a Savior. It's been hidden from them and revealed to little children, to infants. And when you hear those words from Jesus, the, the contrast between the wise and the little children, don't, don't take it literally. He's not saying that literally no intelligent person will ever be able to have the, the message of salvation revealed to them. And he's not saying that only little children and infants are the only ones who are going to have this message of salvation. That's, that's not what Jesus is saying. What he's saying is it's not about our mental capacity or any other mental ability or any ability at all to grasp or comprehend or understand the message of the gospel. It's, it's not about that. The, the message of the gospel, the message of salvation is revealed to those who are humble in heart. Revealed to those who recognize that they need help. It's revealed to those who take God at his word and put their trust in him. The message of the gospel is, is revealed to those who are weary and burdened and who need help. That's exactly what Jesus' invitation is here in verses 28 to 30, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
So I hope that that explanation of where we are in Jesus' life here in chapter 11 helps you to appreciate these words just a little bit more as he tells us and invites us to come to him to find rest. If you're not familiar with what a yoke is, I can't say that I was very familiar with a yoke before I was taught what this passage all meant. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big, heavy wooden beam with some metal loops on it that would be placed upon an animal like an ox or a horse. And the purpose of this yoke is to connect an animal like the ox or the horse to another farming, piece of farming equipment like a plow. And it would pull it and attach the, the equipment to the, to the animal. And these things were heavy and they were sturdy because the farmer needed to use them year after year after year and he didn't want to have to replace it, he didn't want to have to fix it. So they were made to last. And so because of their weight and because of the idea of it being connected with physical labor in a field, the picture of a yoke is often used as a metaphor or a picture of something that burdens us and weighs us down. And so what is your yoke this morning? What is it that is weighing you down? What is heavy on your heart this morning? We all have one. Maybe your yoke comes in the form of a financial burden, a financial yoke of living paycheck to paycheck and not really knowing whether or not the next paycheck is going to have enough in it to pay for the groceries and the bills. And so that stress and that anxiety weigh you down and you're weary and you're burdened because of that. Or maybe the financial aspect isn't much of a yoke, isn't much of a burden for you, but it comes more in your family life. The relationship between your, you and your spouse or you and your child or you and your parent just isn't quite what you need it to be. It seems that it's more frustration and anger and yelling than it is peace and quiet and comfort. Or maybe your yoke isn't any of those things and it's actually more of a, fin- or a physical burden. Maybe it's a bad back or bad knees or, or maybe you got a diagnosis from the doctor that you just really were not hoping for, really were not expecting and it just weighs you down and it, it burdens you. These are all earthly burdens, earthly yokes that weigh us down and yet the reality of it is is that these earthly yokes, these earthly burdens are, are just symptoms of a much more intense, a much more serious Yoke, a much more serious problem, the problem of sin. Because it is sin that weighs us down. It's sin that causes us to be weary and burdened. It's sin that lives in us, that creates that conflict that Paul was talking about in our second reading. As Paul says, For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin that is living in me. It's a constant battle. Paul felt it. We feel it. We know the good that we are to do. We know the evil that we are to stay away from, and yet we often don't. We fail. We fall. We stumble. And that sin lives in us, and it burdens us, and it wearies us, and it tires us, And it causes us to try to prove ourselves better with each other and tries to to prove ourselves with God. Oh, I need to earn my way to have favor with God. But it never works. 
And so the question is, where do you go to find rest for your weary soul? And that question is really the main course of the text that we have before us. That question is the thing that will, once we find out the question of where we go to find rest for a weary soul, will help us appreciate that, that sweet invitation of our Savior. It's that question of where do we go to find rest for our weary soul that really divides the two between the wise and the learned, the proud, the arrogant, and the little children. Because the wise and the learned think that they can do it themselves. They think that they can solve the problem of sin on their own. They, they think that maybe even they're not even all that sinful and they don't need repentance and they don't need a savior. And so when they are weary and worn from this earth, they look to external solutions for an internal problem. The wise and the learned, those who think that they're wise in their own eyes, will look to things on this earth to solve that problem that they have inside of them. Well, if maybe I just get a little bit more vacation time, then I can get some rest and and relax and I can recharge. Maybe if I just do a little bit more meditation, I can get my mind straight and my mental capacities are going to be okay and I'll be all all right. Maybe if that doesn't work, I'll, I'll turn to the bottle or I'll turn to some drugs and that'll numb the pain for a little bit and then I can find my relief, I can find my rest there. The wise and the learned try to solve the problem themselves, but they realize that it never finds true rest for their soul. It never works. That's not the mindset of the little children. That's not the mindset of a young child. That's not the mindset of an infant. Because a little child needs help and yet they can't do it themselves and they recognize that they can't do it themselves and they don't even know where to begin to look. When my daughter Jovi is up screaming at night in the middle of the night, she knows she needs rest. She wants rest, but she can't get it herself. She can't stop the teething pain that she's going through. She can't change her own diaper. She can't feed herself. She needs someone to come in. She needs someone to help her. She needs someone to feed her. She needs her mother to rock her back to sleep at night. She needs some help to get the rest that she so desperately needs. And so it is with repentant sinners. We rely on the mighty, calming, powerful arms of our God to give us that rest that we so desperately need that we could never give to ourselves. To solve the problem of sin, we rely on the arms of our Savior, Jesus, the arms that were stretched out upon the cross and carried a burden that we could never bear up underneath. Because he bore up the awesome, mighty, perfect weight of God's holy law, a weight that would just crush us. And not only that, did he not only carry the the, the perfect and holy weight of God's law, but he also took the sins that were burdening us and he put them upon himself. And on that cross, he paid for those sins that were weighing us down. So we find our rest in the arms of Christ, not in our own doings. And notice Jesus' invitation too, and notice what he, he doesn't say. He doesn't say, come to me, weary sinner, I'll solve that problem of sin, but now you're all on your own. You can figure it out yourself. No, he says, come to me, weary sinner, I'm going to give you relief from your sin, but not only that, now hitch yourself to me. Walk with me, take my yoke upon you. I'm going to be with you through the ups and downs of this earthly life. 
I'm going to be with you as you carry the burdens of earthly life here on earth. I will be with you. I will strengthen you. I will provide you strength as you go. Learn from me what it means to be gentle and humble in heart. That's what our Savior tells us to do. And so run to your Savior's outstretched arms, the arms that will provide you relief. Run to the pages of Scripture that you hear more about that Savior. Run to your Savior. Run to your God who will give relief to a weary and burdened soul. And Jesus' invitation to come to him doesn't mean that those, those earthly burdens, those earthly yokes are going to disappear right away. The rest that he gives to us to our souls does not mean that the financial problems that we are facing are going to disappear at the blink of an eye. It doesn't mean that our relationships at home are going to get any better, any easier. It doesn't mean that our physical pain is going to go away. But the fact that our Savior calls us to himself to be with him, to walk with him, gives us the peace and the comfort to know that he will guide us as we go through those. He will give us the strength. He will give us the knowledge to get through them. He will give us the love and the forgiveness to deal with each other, to support each other and to help each other. Our Savior gives rest to a weary soul. I I hope that as we went through these verses and we looked at chapter 11 as a whole, it has helped you to appreciate those sweet words of our Savior. Because it's not our own doing that gives us rest. It's him. He invites us. He brings us into his arms. And he takes away our sins. It's nothing that we do. We can't do anything. We're like a little child. We're like an infant who relies solely on their parents. We rely on the heavenly power of our Father. So run to your Savior to find rest. Amen. We know your time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you be so kind as to click to follow our show and give us a five-star rating? That's a quick and easy way to help us get the message of truth out to more people. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.